We're glad to have a conversation here on the introduction to this spiritual book called The Spiritual Quest. With us we have Katie Weber, who is a certified Reiki master, instructor, soul seeker, explorer. And we wanted to have a little discussion about the antagonists that uh, are becoming so prominent in the media today. Katie. What just came out, this whole Hunter Biden situation, did you dive into any of that? What happened with Twitter that they went dark? Yes. And Facebook is censoring everything. And the New York Post, which is like a very prominent newspaper. Paper. It's been around forever, right? Is being banned and shadow banned. And so I was going to talk to you a little bit about that and your thoughts on that. Whereas the what has been in the past is that Google has targeted your specific um, points of view, right? And then amplified them, which is what we talk about in your book. Well, let's agreed that the topic of politics is very, very intense. It's partisan. It's toxic. From the spiritual perspective, I would say that the very experience that one has from the right hearing that the New York Post is presenting lies and presenting information that's not validated and not fair, verified is the exact same arguments that were being made on the other side when they did this to Trump. When they brought out information about Trump right during the, the, right was during it, the elections. Was it shadow banned? Was Twitter taken down? Was Facebook censoring things? There are those who would make the argument that that happens on both sides. And I would suggest that no matter where we come down individually on what our personal political allegiances are or our, or our political ideologies and how we have been raised, our religious perspective, our family communities, our relationships, all of that determine our perceptions. And that regardless of the perception... The spiritual perception is one that there is no better or worse of a perspective, that it's all part of the whole and it's all part of me. It's all part of who I am as a human being connected to the spiritual connection of humanity and that the very angst that I feel when I feel upset that some group is taking advantage of another group which which can which typically leads one to become angry and frustrated and put into a position to want to potentially resist that and i view that as stepping outside of the spiritual space and engaging in the fray and that happens everywhere so the question in the spiritual quest is how can i love those people that I hate the most? Can I sit myself and watch CNN or Fox News or MSNBC or read the Bible or read about magic? Can I, can I approach all of these subjects with an open heart and an open mind knowing that they are a part of a reality that exists in front of me? 
that is managed and controlled by the universal spirit, the universal energy, God, some people may call it. So that's the, that's the point of the spiritual quest is to avoid that Side conflict. Yes. Yeah. And I agree. And I liked how you talked about us looking through a certain limited perspective from our own point of view and as a bigger perspective and what's going on in the world right now is what I feel like it's a perfect time to talk about the spiritual quest within because we're having all of these feelings come into our space, right? More than from every space, everybody's coming at us talking about the things that are going on right now. And it's causing you to feel something, whether you feel good that things are getting brought up giving us an opportunity to expand in a perfect time to do exactly what we talk about in this book by seeing how we feel inside and then trying to see it from another perspective and expanding our reality and our own points of view. What would you say? Uprooting? Well, the, I think that the, one of the things that happens a lot in the spiritual space is that everyone only wants to be in the positive light side, which obviously is the more pleasant and the negative sensations are equally as important. And I would argue is the place that you want to shine the light on. Because if you can explore the areas that cause you discomfort and you can sort those things out, you have a tremendous upside. Most of the time in life, when life hands us a problem, it causes us stress. We get uncomfortable, we become afraid, we get nervous and we struggle with that. And because it's a problem that we're forced to deal with, we grow through that. We figure it out. We take the necessary time. We explore what we need to explore. We ask the right questions of the right people. And ultimately, we come out on the other side of that with a tremendous, tremendous positive. I call that Girl. climbing, exactly, yeah. climbing the spiritual ladder. That's yeah. another rung of you Overcoming you, you know, discovering this, these inner things that are happening, which is you communicating with the universe. It's you, yeah. it's, it's, it's you communicating with God, you communicating with you. I call that my shadow side. And I wonder how much of it has to do with upbringing and being raised as a female. I feel like from my limited perspective, as my life took place, I was punished or made to feel bad for having negative feelings. So instead of being able to express myself fully, I would be like, oh, I shouldn't feel that. Oh, I shouldn't be upset. I shouldn't be angry. I need to not be like that because it's bad, right? And so now as an adult, I'm relearning that these feelings come up and I need to embrace them because they're coming up for a reason for growth. And so it's kind of untraining your whole experience that you had your whole life because you're a little child and you don't have all the experience. And so then you grow up and you're like, wait, so I'm supposed to embrace these negative feelings and allow them to come up inside me? I've been told it's bad. Right. You get I got punished at school for that, for getting angry. You know, and so I think it's. Your, per, your book is perfect at wording that in a way that 
helps it to happen. The experiences that we have internally, we all have them. And you can avoid them so you can have a child and protect your child from ever having a bad experience and give them everything they want as soon as they want it. And they can experience a life of bliss for how long? Because reality will tell them that that's not possible. You know, if, if you have a tremendous caring parent who just loves and takes care of their child and whenever there's an experience that occurs for a child, the parent steps in, the parent blocks all of the interactions from everybody, they give nothing but love and support, and the child feels loved and nurtured. Someday, when that child is 16 or 21 or 25 or 40, when, when that parent who's loved them dies they're all of a sudden forced to embrace these very sensations that rise within. And I would suggest that these sensations that rise within, they're not good or bad. They are, we feel them that way, but if you actually meditate on the sensation that you feel, when you feel nauseous inside because you've said something wrong to the wrong person, somebody was offended and you know that that occurred, it has a tremendous negative sensation. But if you really concentrate on what that feels like and really just put that in, where do I feel that? Do I feel it in my stomach or in my head or in my neck? And just truly embrace the sensation itself without the description. You will find that the exact same feelings arise before I get an opportunity to stand up and perform. As a musician, I get the opportunity to stand up and put on a show. And as I'm going out to put on the show, the same sensation is occurring. But it's an excitement. And it's an excitement because that's the way I choose to clothe or to describe these feelings to myself. And so the negative sensations that trigger anger or trigger fear or trigger any response, it's all part of you. It's all part of who you are as a, as a human being, but it's also part of the whole, which every human being experiences, and we all have to deal with it. The only thing that we really seek to achieve in the spiritual quest is to give each individual the tools to help them explore their own inner spiritual geography their own inner sensations. Because as those inner sensations rise, whether they rise because somebody mistreated you at four years old or they rise because someone mistreated you at 40 years old, they're all equally as legitimate. They're all equally worthy of our attention and our focus. And I say embrace all of those sensations with a hug. And one of the things that we can do externally to help others is let others share that. Let others share their point of view. So if a person wants to share a political point of view that's opposite to your own and you don't even want to let them speak, you don't even want to hear from them, think about how that affects the spiritual connection between us as humans. And that's why so much of the toxicity that's happening online and the political um, breakage is really causing dramatic shakeup. But on the opposite side, the spiritual communities... They're becoming tighter. They're becoming stronger. They're unifying in the space of love. We think that a lot of this negative sensations and a lot of the vibrational frequencies that are causing so much chaos is the fact that 
most of us get our identity from something, from some community, from some political ideology or some religious indoctrination or some community that we're a part of, our, our, our nation. And we see people who are not part of our clique as the other, in quotes. And the other is always perceived as a potential threat and as a potential danger. And I think the thrust of the spiritual quest is how can we, in the spiritual community, change that from a sense of fear and resistance into a position of embracing and loving, even those we, even those we disagree with. And in order to do that, you have to look into their eyes and you have to see inside to who they are in their soul, mm-hmm. not who they are in the exterior of, of their political ideologies, their, their clothing style, the music preferences. All of these become words and they become areas to potentially become toxic when in fact there are opportunities to connect. Mm-hmm. And those in the spiritual space are looking for that connection and building that love connection. Mm-hmm. We want to spread a love virus. Yeah. There you go. And how hard is it going to be to um, retrain the people who you've grown up? I know I've grown up, don't talk about politics and don't talk about religion. And so how hard is it when it's ingrained in us to just avoid those topics, to get people to actually open up and talk about it when we haven't really even been trained to even have a conversation on these hard topics? Excellent question. And the answer to that is, for those in the spiritual quest, they recognize that the only work that's happening is on themselves, inside of themselves. So whatever is happening on the outside, we can't fix that. We really don't have any control to fix. We can influence, and therefore, by actually listening to another person explain something that's completely contrary to what we believe and actually may even cause us a bit of discomfort to listen to it, our willingness to hear that and to listen and to try to fully embrace and and comprehend that what do you think that's going to reciprocate from the other side? A mirror effect, maybe? A similar response. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we say an honest question mm-hmm. will initiate an honest conversation. But the minute, the minute that we put on that ego of defending ourselves or attacking something or somehow trying to deal with something, and we th- when you think about it, this has got nothing to do with life. It's got to do with this, this mental space that we build for ourselves, um, this, this, this intellectual um, map that we have of our own existence on who we are. We attach to it our name and our profession and the amount of money we make, the, you know, whatever it is that, w- that we define as who I am. Well, who am I? I am what? I am you. I am a part of nature. I'm like a cell in the entire complex universe. And the thing that we have unique as humans is we, we in the spiritual quest, actually recognize that we exist in this space, that we actually see ourselves individual within the space. That's the ego. And to some extent, that's very rewarding because we feel like we are, in fact, in control of everything that happens. When, in fact, everything that happens is part of this huge ecosystem that is, that is putting energy and moving everything in a, in, in a harmonious stasis. And just as the body, when a cancer cell comes up, the body will seek to gain its own 
holistic balance. And I think that's one of the conditions that we're in right now is the fact that we are about to transition through this massive human evolution beyond our ego, isolated um, self-interest into this new millennial. Young people are sensing this spiritually that there has to be something more in the idea of equal accountability, equal support, love for one another. We, we, we attach to it the word socialism, which clearly creates all kinds of toxic reverberations in many people because of the way they've been raised, because the term social, socialism has been hijacked from the idea of love and caring for one another as a community. And that's one of the things that's been strong in America in our Judeo-Christian heritage was the fact that we work together to help one another. We had charities. We didn't have government take care of people. We had charities take care of people. We had churches take care of people. We took care of our own. And that's the spiritual connection that works within unique tribes. But ultimately now, humanity is no longer an us and them. It's only us. So we argue and we fight to our own peril. And if we don't recognize and we don't achieve the ability to make these spiritual connections, our existence as, as a species may be threatened. And it's probably already gone through multiple cycles. That humanity will, will cease to exist, will basically annihilate many of us, and there will be a small little group of survivors who will then rebuild and will start again. And maybe they'll see these huge buildings that didn't fall and say, how were they built? Oh, they just appeared magically? to develop a whole nother narrative for a whole nother group of people so we'll to potentially anashes. There you go. <laughs> anyway, I want to thank you, Katie, thank you. for sharing in this. And, I'm looking uh, forward to the rest of the book, and I appreciate you allowing me the opportunity to fill my mind with this good information. 